This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey, Derek, thank you for joining us. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, James. I'm always glad to be uh, accused of being out protesting or part of the establishment, running around and celebrating Mike Lindell's four votes for our MCC. <laughs> I was actually up. I woke oh, up. Oh, man, that's so cold, Derek. Man. That is cold-blooded. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I woke up at 6.30, and I was like, well, I should probably, and then I thought, well, I've got time, and then next thing I know, it's quarter after, and my, my Apple Watch is vibrating, and I'm like, oh, crap, fell back asleep. So you weren't out protesting last night, and you weren't hanging out, there weren't any big parties, because the RNC reinstalled um, uh, Rona. Coronavirus? Derek, do you no, think I... before we before we get to this stuff? Because I want to get your take on this on on Van Jones and or, did you like Van Jones? I've met Van Jones uh, once. He was very nice, and sometimes he says things that are sane and rational. But in general, no. It's like. It's like being beaten up every day by somebody, and then one day they don't beat you up or they don't try to push you down a flight of stairs. And you're like, hey, things have changed. They're really nice. No, it's progressives are bad people. They're progressives first and foremost, and it is about the agenda Uberala said in the original German on purpose. And it is who they are, and it's what they do. So don't ever trust them. Don't ever believe them. And when they come to you on your terms, fine. But when they come to you and say, let's make a deal, don't ever trust them. Reagan in 86 on the border and immigration uh, amnesty, the Democrats never followed through with it. You can't trust these people as far as you could throw them. And you should always act like you have a bad back and can't throw anything. So, Well, I uh, always have found Van Jones. Now, look, I've been upset by any number of things Van Jones has said over the years. But here's what I think. I think that the guy is actually, and I, I said this, I think he's intellectually honest. I think that he, I don't think he postures to well, get attention. Like, I think he is genuinely, I think he's genuinely in, intellectually honest about his thoughts. I, I disagree with many of them, but I don't think he's coming from a bad place. I think he's putting it out there like he sees it. And by the way, I also I also I would love to have a conversation with him because I because he's the kind of guy that I think he's the kind of guy I think if you make a point and it's a good point, he's not just going to give you the stiff arm. He'll actually engage you in a real conversation. Now, maybe I'm wrong. That's why I asked you if you met him and, and, and know him. But um, I've always enjoyed reading what he has to say, even though I disagree no. with a lot of it. He uh, he is like that, and he you know the problem is getting him the first in the first place. But if you get him and you or you corner him, I met him at a Democratic convention a couple of conventions ago, 
And he, he is like that, just like Bernie Sanders. You don't, you don't feel like you're being lied to when you talk to Van Jones. You just think, my God, he's way wrong and crazy. Just like Bernie Sanders. You think Bernie Sanders is telling you what he truly believes because Bernie Sanders is telling you what he truly believes. But what he truly believes is horrifying. So there's, there's a difference in that with someone like a Nancy Pelosi or a Chuck Schumer. You believe that they're telling you, you know, they're reading, reciting some talking points. They're a mile wide, an inch deep. They would tell you whatever it is that you need to hear at any given moment for them. They're that sort of politician. They're like a, a, a bag of water. They are whatever shape they need to be. I don't get that from, from Van Jones. I don't get that from, from Bernie Sanders. I get that from most politicians, frankly, on either side of the aisle, but not from them. It's just what they truly believe is crazy. Mm. Okay, so I want to get your remarks on the shooting and stuff. We got to go to break soon, but before you do that, um, I was very disappointed that Rona McDaniel's won a fourth uh, term as the RNC chair. She says this is going to be her last term. She wants to go on a unity tour. She wants Harmeet and uh, <laughs> and Michael Lindell to join her on her unity tour to bring the party together. If you look on social media, a lot of the people that are uh, that supported Hermita, very, very disappointed. Um, do you think it matters? No. They aren't. <laughs> the last time the Republicans had a, well, one of the last times Republicans had a a very good uh, midterm or election, when we took the House in 2010, Michael Steele was chairman of the party. And we see how well that worked out. Nobody oh, votes boy, what a, for the yeah, no, what a, a, a joke and a disappointment. Said so nobody votes because of the party. The party care can raise money. They they do need to raise money, and what they really need to do is sort of set the priorities. But they don't get to command. They can't say, "Hey, Michigan GOP, here's what you must do." They can do it. You do this, or you don't get any money, which is bad leadership. But um, they can't order. These it's fifty different states and state parties that can do what they want to do, with the help, hopefully, ideally, from the national party. So, who the captain of a ship you're not on really is doesn't really matter. So, um, I don't. I would have preferred Harmeet Dillon because what they can do is sort of draw attention to things, and somebody needs to wake up and go. We've got to do this. Uh, voting by mail thing we've got to do we've got to embrace it as much as it, we hate the concept it's just how things are and maybe i think this will it, it's something ronna mcdaniel could do maybe she will hopefully she will um so it doesn't really matter who your driver of your car is if the car is finally tuned you just stand a chance of winning the race and i think that uh, mcdaniel had the fear of god put into her and that uh the changes that need to be made are, are known. I just hope she makes them. Derek Hunter is with us here. Derek's going to continue with us. Um, your calls are welcome. We're going to take calls too. 800-848-WABC. We'll talk about the video that was released last night and so many other things. James Golden, Bo Snerdley with you here. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. And, yes, we are glad that... Derek wakes up every week to join us.
And he wasn't out protesting last night, sadly. Because I would have loved to see what it was like. You know, Derek's down there in the Beltway. So I would have loved to have seen what it was like, the protest in the Beltway. We knew, we know New York's were kind of, they turned violent in Times Square. Anyway, coming back, don't go away. to real New York on 77 W.A.B.C. W.A.B.C. Al Jarrell. George Benson a while back, and one of the things we talked about was Al Jarreau, and what a unique vocalist he was. He was one of America's premier vocalists of all time. Amazing singer. Derek, have you ever heard of Al Jarreau? Uh, first of all, let me just say that at the beginning of that song, it sounds like somebody was beating the hell out of Bobby McFerrin. <laughs> but Al Jarreau is... Incredibly vocal, vocalist is incredibly smooth. He did the theme song to Moonlighting. It's probably his biggest hit. That uh, it's just you know it, the way that I would describe his voice is like spilled milk on porcelain. It doesn't get any smoother than the voice of Al Jarreau. Not not necessarily my favorite, but I can appreciate it. Well, Al Jarreau is. Uh... I saw him in concert. I am concerned about the health of Bobby McFerrin after it sounded like somebody <laughs> jumped into the stairwell. <laughs> You're sick. <laughs> One of the things that uh, Van Jones uses as a supporting argument to his theme about black cops being racist, he cites lyrics from Ice Cube and N.W.A., but don't let it be a black and white cop because they'll slam you down the street top black police showing out for the white cop. And what he said, what he's saying is, look, that these, at the end of the day, it is the race of the victim who is brutalized, not the race of the violent cop. That's the most relevant in determining whether racial bias is a factor in police violence. Now, no, it's more whether or not it helps Democrats. That's really what they care about. It, I told you progressives are progressives first, anything else a distant second. And so they don't look at this as a, a human being. They look at this as an opportunity, an opportunity. And whether or not it is something they can exploit, it's been a while. 
for you know everybody remembers the summer of 2020 right the summer of the blm antifa riots they're like the afl-cio they joined forces and became one horrible giant organization um they remember the the non-stop fighting and the burning and of course it was black neighborhoods and black businesses and black lives that were ruined but hey you know what a lot of people got rich and the Black Lives Matter leaders actually became real estate moguls in the summer of 2020. So it worked out for them. And that's really what the the point was. But it was also a good time for Democrats. It was a good time for Democrats. The Democrats need to keep people angry and outraged because it prevents them from thinking rationally. I bet you 99% of the things that you've apologized for in your life, James, were things that you did in an emotional state, not in a calm, rational state. Most people don't snap at somebody out of the blue. It's when they're worked up, they're stressed or whatever. So you uh, you snap and you apologize it's because you were not thinking rationally. You were impacting your emotions, overrid everything. That's where Democrats need their base to live because if you think about the things they're doing and trying to do, you recoil in horror. But if you sit there and you are recoiling in horror and other things or living in fear or told that somebody, some nebulous other is coming to get you and Democrats are going to protect you, then you you get angry, you get upset, you get scared, you get whatever it is, and you have become an easy-to-manipulate human being. How else do you explain generational control of pits? of cities across the country, of Baltimore, of Detroit, of Philadelphia, St. Louis, Chicago, where the bodies pile up and the economy continues to find new ways to hit bottom. And every time you think it's hit bottom, they break out a backhoe and go deeper. And you go, why in the hell do these people keep electing the same people or even different people, but the same philosophy? It doesn't matter the physical being of the the you know the manifestation of the philosophy is what matters and you go the only way that makes any sense is people have been brainwashed or scared into thinking that as bad as it is because there's no denying it's bad that somehow i don't even know how it'd be possible the alternative is worse and it's an emotional decision it's not rational at all I think that this I think we're at an interesting moment in America that that and and if I, I it's going to be squandered I fear. But I just think that this could be a moment of real change. There is not one person with any credibility across the political spectrum, across the social spectrums that thinks what happened in Memphis is justifiable. I said earlier, even even the fraternal order of police, which usually will, you know, to me, they'll duck and hide and stay quiet on things that they don't want to risk angering their membership about. Even they've come out and said, look, this is just blatant criminality. There's nothing redeemable about this. And I think if there's which is why I don't understand these protesters trying to take this into violence. Well, of course, you've explained that. But but it would be different if there were people that were saying this is justified. And I could understand people out protesting. There's not one person in this country that you can find with credibility that thinks what happened here is good or James, justifiable. And James, this could, yes. 
Do you remember Saturday Night Live from your heyday when you were going to Studio 54 and hanging out with the Jacksons and everything when Dan Aykroyd would turn to Gene Curtin when they were doing the news and they'd have the point-counterpoint and Jane Curtin would make her point and Dan Aykroyd would turn to her and say, Jane, you blankety-blank. You remember that? Yes, I do very well. James, you blankety-blank. In the summer of 2000, again, there was not a there was not a human being in the country who looked at the death of George Floyd in that video and thought, "Well, this is this is perfectly fine." No, with Derek Chauvin basically sitting down and having a sandwich on the neck of George Floyd, nobody looked at that and was anything but horrified. The country was united. Unity. Uh, I, well, no, 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 Derek. Let me say you something. There was an undercurrent of, oh, well, you know, he was a criminal. Oh, he did that. Oh, he, you saw this stuff pop up, not just in some of the, I hate to say it, but in some of the right-wing press. They were like, oh, he was a criminal. Oh, he had what? drugs in the system. Yeah. No, oh, no, he no, did no, this. No, no. But no, no. So they tried to justify. No, 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 I'm no, making no, the point. No, that no, you don't you see are, any of that crap right now. Wrong. You are remembering wrong. That happened. But it, at the moment that the video came out and the country saw it, everybody thought, my God, that is disgusting. And then what happened? The left said, defund police. The left said, all cops are bastards. The left went off on their thing and the riots started. And then over time, people were like recoiling and responding to that and going, you know what? I mean, he did have a lot of fentanyl in his system and he did. And watching his family sit there go, oh, no, it's horrible. And then somebody would say, well, when was the last time they saw him uh, in, in all those sorts of things? Yes, over time it did evolve to that. But at that moment, when that video came out, the police reforms that Democrats claimed that they wanted could have gotten done. Republicans were on board. They would have gotten – they would have changed a lot. And instead of that, Democrats said, we – can use this. We can upset our base. What if they had come together and everybody said, this is awful, and we're introducing legislation that will change this and never blah, 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 even though it was all illegal anyway, and evidenced by the fact that the guy's spending the rest of his life in prison for doing it without any new laws being passed. And Democrats squandered it because it was more beneficial to them to do so. Where do you think this is going? Is this just going to be another episode and then a month, year later, we're going to be dealing with the same thing? Or do you think that there is hope, Derek, hope that as a society we can get past this moment and actually realize that there is work that has to be done and the vetting of police officers, that these relationships that police officers have when they're working in these communities that have, and and let's face it, I mean, some of these communities, these are tough communities to work in. What happens from here? What happens from here? I don't have to tell you this. You see this stuff happening in Baltimore. You see this. I grew up in Detroit. I lived in Baltimore for 13 years. I've seen this firsthand. I remember Malice Green in Detroit in the riots then back in the 80s. It is the, this is presented as the norm, even though it's 
the rare, rare exception. How many interactions with police officers occurred three weeks ago on this day? On that day, probably I don't know, hundred thousand. And that's one one time. Five cops did certainly act poorly, and the justice system will deal with them. But you, uh, let me tell you a little story, James, about the redefinition of words. Remember when you were growing up? I bet you community meant your immediate neighborhood, regardless yes. of who it was. The Italian guy down the street, the old lady over there, yep. the Korean. Yep. Well, Democrats have changed that to mean your skin color or your sexual orientation or now your gender identity. They'd much rather people who are susceptible to their stupidity and division care more about what happened to somebody who sleeps with someone like they do, who lives a thousand miles away, than what happens to your neighbor three houses down. And as long as that continues, this sort of stuff will continue because in the grand scheme of things, this is a horrible incident that matters only to the family and friends of the victim. It is. It's just like the Washington Post. uh, The way the Washington Post tried to play off the uh, Kermit Gosnell mass murder story was it's a local crime story. It's worthy of note, but the media has a hierarchy. It is a white, an attractive white girl disappears. Anything happens to a attractive white girl. Either she disappears or she disappears somebody. That stops all the presses and people are dispatched to cover the story in Aruba or wherever the hell it is. Then it is a black victim cop. Then it is anything else, unless it's a celebrity. That's the hierarchy of media because it helps or can be used by the Democrat Party. But in the grand scheme of things, this is a Bigfoot. This is a rare thing, and it's a good thing that it's a rare thing. We've come such a long way just in your lifetime as a species, as a people, as a country. But if you acknowledge that, if you celebrate it, it doesn't help Democrats. So they won't allow it to happen. But that's why we have to. I got to take a break. We're coming back. We're going to give some calls, Derek. Don't go away. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, it's our Saturday morning radio extravagance. Coming back, your calls. We'll join this discussion right after this. Oh, knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Looking glass. Brand day. On a western bay, and it serves a hundred ships a day. Lonely sailors pass the time away and talk about their homes. And there's a girl in this harbor town, and she works laying whiskey down. They say, Brandy, fetch another round. She serves them whiskey and wine. Let's head to the telephones. Derek Hunter is with us. Steve in Orange, New York. Welcome. How are you, Steve? Hey, what's going on, Bo? How you doing? Great, thank you. You know, I um, 
you know, it, it's funny. I watched CNN last night, you know, flicking back and forth on the TV. And, uh, you know, CNN really, really tried to start something. I mean, they were trying to instigate, instigate um, any, somebody threw a bottle on the street of uh, West 5th Street. Oh, my God, it's a riot. Um, they, they were so horrible on the way they were trying to make um, this whole thing bigger um, than it was and trying to put ideas in people's heads. Now, my take on this, this is four, four cops that Five. messed up and they're, and they're bad cops, right? Um, but CNN was just constantly, you know, I don't know why any cop would even watch CNN after this because they just went off for like five hours saying how bad the police were. Wow. And, Derek, uh, did you watch any no, of CNN's coverage last night? Are you surprised by any of this? Did I watch it? No, I didn't. I went to the gym and, and decided to uh, hang out with my kids because I don't hate myself that much. No, I, 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 I could have written the script for CNN. Why would I watch it, you know? Like, it's the same old song. They could have done a rerun from 2020. They just go, you know what, get the tape. We all want to go have a drink. Don Lemon wants to get, well, he's on the mornings now, but they could have just put a rerun on. What's the point in watching any of it? Wow. I, Steve. I, I, I watch so little cable news now, James. My life is infinitely better because of it, and I highly recommend to everybody, no matter what channel you watch, just like Rush used to say, turn it Rush, off. Rush used to say that all the time with cable news, turn it off. Just turn it off. It's Tony better. in Manhattan, you're, you're on with James hey. Golden, that case nearly, and with Derek Hunter. Hi, Tony. Okay, to follow the caller, uh, I watch Fox News, ABC, and all of them once in a while. I turned to CNN. He was very, very disappointed after you hear what this man went through, calling his mother this and that. And this is the way the lady started the news. A black man was beaten by five police officers. Why she have to do that? That's instigating. And let me tell you, people don't know about CNN as I know. For a long time, since the 80s, when the owner, uh, Ted Turner, I think it is, the name is, he had a daughter who was an activist. Mm-hmm. And still well, the same. Well, on, on the way that you say that they opened their reporting, that was the fact. The black man was beaten by, by cops. Okay, and so, yeah, but that happened. You know, um, and, and, and believe me, and, and I don't think it should be downplayed. Look, is one of the things that I news, think, James, is mm-hmm. it national news? Is it stop the presses yes. everywhere and kind of news? It is. Yes. Look, because it because because look, one of the now, things. Why isn't it when it's a white man or a Hispanic man being like that? It should be. It should be. Why isn't it? So then, it isn't because that isn't doesn't it? fit their because that doesn't fit the narrative of the mainstream press. You 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 articulated that very well, but it should be. Look, one of the things that I have said all along is that I, one of the things that makes me uncomfortable is the kind of knee-jerk reaction that happens on our side some, when some of these things happen. Not all of them, some of them. No, I, and it's all- I, can, I can look at this and go, God, that's horrible. And then the, I will admit, I'll confess, the second I see Ben Crump on the scene or Al Sharpton on the scene, 
I'm out. I treated like a, a blackjack dealer in Vegas where you clap your hands together and go, I'm out. I got nothing up my sleeve. I wa- Once Ben Crump comes on the scene, I know that the truth doesn't really matter. Whatever the truth is, and the truth is horrible, but sometimes the truth isn't horrible enough. There isn't enough att- Whatever it is, these guys have – an agenda, a political okay, agenda, let me, a monetary agenda, and it, it just it gets. At, is there no other lawyer in the whole country except for Ben Crump? And why does he have to sit in on on every television interview? Well, he's sitting. You sit off camera. That's the job. But you sit on camera. This is about you. This is a, become a spectacle. And once it becomes a spectacle, no matter how horrible the initial incident is, I start to lose interest and I step away. Mentally, you know what? Not something I'm proud of, but it's true. Derek, let me say something to you about that. See, this is what I mean, though, about the knee jerk. When everybody started talking about Breonna Taylor's case, I read the same kind of knee jerk. What happened in the Breonna Taylor case was egregious. And her boyfriend, by the way, they didn't even identify the right guy. And her boyfriend was slammed with some kind of cop killer for trying to defend his life. And I don't even know whether people to this day realize that the police in that incident have finally admitted that they blew it from the search warrant being wrong, from the wrong information there. It should have never happened. It was egregious every step of the way. But, James, they blew it. There's a difference between somebody blowing it and getting something horribly wrong and them sitting around going, how can we go screw some black people today? And the But when it costs black people, look. look no, I'm sorry. When it costs people their lives, like this young girl, Breonna Taylor, who should be alive today, but she isn't. And we see this time and time again. And people that don't live, um, I dare say, in black neighborhoods and don't experience this when the when the cameras are not on, when it doesn't make national news, but it still happens in your neighborhood. I am one of those people. I, I grew up I'm in Jamaica, you, Queens. Dan. I grew up in Jamaica, Queens, where a nine-year-old boy was killed by a cop who tried to frame him, and nothing happens to the cop. You grew up. Okay. You grew up. What What year was this? What year was this? This is when I in the seventies. Okay, so it's not the seventies anymore. The same stuff is still happening, though. That's what no, you don't get, not, Derek. Now, James, do you remember the the white guy who died, breathing, saying he couldn't breathe? A cop was on him. I think it was down yes, in Dallas. Yes. Yes, I what's remember that case. What's, what's, what's his name? Damn, if I remember his name, I know what You're happened, and I right, read the case, and remember. I was horrified. You can see, you can watch the video that 99% of the people listening to us right now have never heard of, let alone never saw the video. It was George Floyd. It was just the wrong skin color. So, do with race, this has to do with bad policing, a very tiny percentage of bad police. But bad policing, that's it. But you can't really monetize and mobilize based on bad policing alone. You have to bring in race, and that's what the Democrats do. That's what I understand that, but go, I'm out. Okay, so, Derek, here, here, I know time is running out, sadly, but here's a here's question I want to pose to you. Everybody always gripes, especially you hear conservatives, oh, there's Al Sharpton, there's Bim Crump. Okay, where are your lawyers representing these people? If you're so pissed off that they go there, then why aren't some of the conservative lawyers who believe in civil rights, why don't they send their freaking lawyers to help these families in crisis? 
You're always complaining we're about Al Sharpton and, and Ben. Where are my ambulance chasers compared to the left's ambulance it's chasers? It's not just ambulance chasers. Ambulance chasers? No. Look, oh, my God. You, you can't tell me there isn't another attorney out there. But you know what? Ben Crump has the the infrastructure to be the first one on the phone. He also has them. I'm sure he has media scouts he's paying and greasing to to get him in. It is, you know, when this happens, he has the Google alert set up. You're complaining we gotta go, that Derek. lawyers aren't shameless enough. I'm sorry. Thanks, right. Derek. Always a pleasure. Have a, have a great one, James. You Love too. you, buddy. Love Bye. you, too. We'll be back hour two. See you later in just a minute. Don't go away.